Welcome to the Dirt to Dollars podcast. Hosted by Central Kentucky Extension Agents, Whitney Carmen, Daniel Carpenter, and Matt Adams. Where we talk everything from the dirt on your land to the dollars in your hand. Welcome to Dirt to Dollars. Not welcome back this week? I, I mean, just welcome. Glad, glad you all could be here. It's kind of awkward the way we're recording this week because we're <laughs> sitting in a truck recording the show. In a truck stop. At a truck stop after eating the In lunch. a undisclosed <laughs> neutral location. Yeah. Um, right on the Hardin-LaRue right, County line. Right on the county line. <laughs> so we worked that out well. Uh, but we uh, actually ended up running a corn plot. Uh, Live hard- action from the field. Yes. And uh, uh, today we, we uh, got a farmer interview that we're going to do. So uh, kind of change it up a little bit this week, and we're just going to kick right into that interview. So, Matt, why don't you give our uh, guest an introduction? All right, well, we're here today with Justin Masterson with Masterson Farms. Uh, been harvesting the Hardin County corn variety trials. So, first of all, I want to say thanks for uh, for hosting the trial this year, Justin. Hopefully it wasn't too big of a headache. No, nah, it wasn't too bad. Three, <laughs> three rows is faster than two, but it's slower than six. <laughs> Just starting out, I guess, tell us just a little bit about your operation, what you all do here, and uh, what all you, you encompass, because you do a few things that are a little different than most in the area. Yeah, we, uh, I guess our main thing is our straw, about, about 40,000 bales a year of straw. Uh, try to do about half pre-cut rye, we come in in the spring, mow it, bleach it out, and then the, the other half is wheat straw, and then we... Uh, do corn and beans kind of to give us some ground to do that on about 400 acres of crops all together and then uh, we've got about 70 mama cows we keep and then we'll wean the calves and bring them over here to our feedlot and uh, feed them out and we haul most of most of all our straw we haul out ourselves and then we uh, we do a little bit of spreading but not much where's a lot of where's your straw going to the most part uh, we send some to a lot of the pre-cut fancy straw goes to churchill downs mm-hmm. and then we have some if it gets too dark we've got some contractors that'll buy it and then most of our wheat straw goes to tsc and a couple other farm stores okay so uh, of course we're running the corn plot today i know we were in a really dry area right here in the uh, what what community do you call this? You're, y'all are kind of uh, in the middle of I tell, everything. I tell people it's White Mills, but then I give them the address and Sonora address. So yeah. Look at me funny. <laughs> but I know this was kind of one of the driest spots in the county for a long time. Y'all were some of the last ones to yeah. get any rain. Yeah, that's true. It was. Yeah. Uh, how are the yields so far on what you bring? The corn is around 110. It seems like what it's going to average. Uh, I've seen 250, almost 300, and then I've seen zero. So it's kind of all over the place. You'll be running a 250 bushel corn, and all of a sudden it'll change to zero, about mm-hmm. 10 feet. As an average, is that about what you were expecting with how the summer had been, or is it a little better or a it's, little worse? It's actually a little better. I had figured probably somewhere around 100, but I never dreamed I would see the 250s and close to <laughs> 300s. But the heat and the drought we had, I, I just for sure it was gone. Seems like for the most part, it, you know, it's not been great yields, but it's been a, maybe a little better than we thought it was going to be. So I guess that's good to see. I don't know if that's good that it's like 
better than we thought, or maybe we just lowered our expectations so we could just be pleasantly surprised. Well, I, I know when we were bailing wheat straw, I didn't see it because I load in the field, so I mm -hmm. didn't see from the morning to the evening. I just seen in the morning and then at night, but they said we moved one day from one field to the next, and it was pretty rough-looking corn crop. It yeah. was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. That was really the first day I had got to see it at 4 o'clock, and it it's pretty rough. Yeah, I think I think we you know we we like to have the rain earlier, but I I hate to imagine what would have happened if we would have got it a few days later than what we ended up getting it. I mean, it could yeah, have. I think we were a few days away from real, the real disaster. Potential was out there for mm -hmm. the corn. It it really done it really done good for what it had, but it would have really done big things if we'd gotten some more rain. But like you said, it wouldn't have took a couple more days and it would have done nothing. So we're running this uh, corn plot today. Is this the last of your corn to run, or you still got a little no, more to go? we still got about 40 acres left to run. Uh, and then all this, there'll be 128 acres here altogether. We'll plant and rye. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, talked about it being dry earlier. We're pretty dry now. Does that concern you any on getting the rye planted? Or? Not yet, because uh, I've still got a few weeks, but I would like for it to rain instead of trying to chisel it in. Uh, it's just harder on everything when the ground's hard as a brick. Trying to trying to get everything in, you don't get a good depth on it. But right now we're still okay on it. But if we don't get rain in a couple of weeks, it's probably gonna get rough. Uh, and of course, we've been running this test plot today. Uh, I guess what's the importance of the test plots uh, that not only be around your farm, but to be able to host them yourself? How, why is that important? Well, you can see kind of firsthand, I noticed like on the different varieties, uh, before we were in the straw field, you could see them drop out three the three rows to a variety and you could watch them drop out three rows at a time, literally. You'd come in one day and there was three rows twisted up. The next day there was six and there was different varieties. And uh, that kind of shows you what, which variety, you know, does good for, for your area. Of course, this year, you know, it's, and show you what variety is good for the desert i guess yeah <laughs> yep. i don't know that I mean, you could take the highest yielding variety this year and plant it next year and if it rains it might be the lowest yielding variety yeah that's the way it works <laughs> <laughs> was there any holdups or anything that would keep you from doing a plot before or again in the future or no because we we started a little early anyway and got the field opened up for the test plot so we could run it. So we was kind of, you know, we had about a two-week window there, really. We could could play with time, you know. Uh, like I said, we're not done. Now, if it had been a month from now and we're still looking <laughs> at it, it, it might have disappeared in yeah. the middle of the night. We don't know what happened to it. but <laughs> It was there yesterday. Yeah, it, I think the deer got it. I'm not for yeah. sure. <laughs> Well, the most important thing is everything held together. We didn't yeah. have anything break down. Yeah, all my stuff's kind of shy. I don't like an audience. It usually quits when people watch <laughs> it. I can run it all day without an audience, and it does fine. Now, have, have you ran any soybeans yet? Probably still waiting to get into those, yeah, I guess. Yeah, still waiting on them. We've got some early beans we've planted that are probably getting close, but uh, we'll probably maybe look at them next week. Mm-hmm. I'd, ideally, I'd like to get a rye planted before we start on them, but we'll just see how it goes. You feeling pretty good about the bean crop, or the, the beans look really good? Uh, all other than we had, we we did lose thirty acres to deer, 
Really? Huh. In Summit. And uh, we got a farm up there, and the whole field, the deer kept it ate down, just ate off at the ground. Hmm. And uh, we lost that whole field. But the rest of the beans up there looked really good. They got out and got ahead of the deer. Uh, and then our other beans, that are other, even our double crop beans, they, they look really good. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people realize how detrimental deer and turkey can be to, to soybeans. I mean, if oh, just in the right situations, you know, and I'm sure that was probably a situation where the beans were nice and green coming up, succulent out of the ground, and everything else was dry. It was. They, they, they got just, about five inches tall, and we hit that drought, and the deer come in, and they said there'd be 20, 30 deer out there eating, and 30 acres, you know, it'd be like 20, 30 head of cattle and 30 acres. It don't take yeah. long to mm-hmm. eat what's out there, so... That's what they done. Luckily, they just took a liking to that field, not the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you talked about, before we finish up here, let's talk a little bit more about your straw. Uh, you talked about putting up 40,000 bales of straw. People that are used to riding a wagon, uh, stacking that by hand, might think that sounds like a like a whole <laughs> lot. Uh, explain a little bit about what your all system is. I know you all have tweaked on that a lot the last several years. Yeah. Uh, uh, how you handle that much straw. We don't, we don't ride a wagon and... For just to show you, I, I built new wagons and I put a six-inch gap in all the boards, and uh, so that that let the straw chafe fall through. Well, my buddy, he said that's going to be hard to walk on, and I said, well, I ain't walking on it. Cause <laughs> if I got to walk on it, we're going to park it in the barn. I ain't, I ain't done it. Uh, but we run a we run a Coons, which is Norton now accumulator, and uh, it's a ten bale flat, and then we've got a tie grabber that we pick it up with and stack sixty in a stack. And your tie grabber it ties a string around that group of ten, yeah, right? Yeah, ties a string around a group of ten, and then we built a squeeze that squeezes the bottom run only, so we can pick up that stack of sixty and carry it and stack it in the barn. And then when we load back out, we've got a push dock. It will stack seventy on with the squeeze and push them in the van trailers. And we can load a flat trailer. We can unload four hundred and twenty bales off a trailer into the barn in about three or four minutes. And we can load a flat trailer and have it strapped down in about 45 minutes. And a van trailer, we can push load one of them in about 15 minutes. <laughs> and how many bales will you get in a van trailer? We're putting 500 in a 48 and 560 in a 53. And, uh, of course, we built our squeeze ourselves, watched YouTube videos and built mm-hmm. it. And then now we've actually got a squeeze that on loaner i guess you could say from a company that built it and sent to us to use uh, we're using it right now it's almost identical to ours as far as how it works but uh, there's some some things i like about it versus ours but it seems like a good good piece of equipment and then most of the places you're selling to that you go to unload it's never you're never taking it off the trailer right? now the our van trailers we drop and go we drop them pick up the empty and bring back uh, when we go to Churchill, they unload it, but there's five or six of them will start on it, and they can unload that flat trailer a, a 560 in about 30 minutes to an hour. You know, they, they get after it pretty quick. So that that's our big thing. We we try to try to keep everything. We don't have to handle it by hand. I I don't I don't really like touching very many bales. <laughs> <laughs> well, and how many of you are on the operation? You know, kind of year round that that are uh, here to do the work. Me and my dad do most of the work, and then my papa he he fills in. And then during straw season, we try to run. You know, about five people works pretty good. Uh, my wife she does the baling. 
she'll run the, she'd bail all the wheat straw this year pretty much. And then uh, I run the skid steer and the tie grabber in the field. And then uh, my dad, he'll truck back and forth and unload. And then we usually try to get a driver in the field to help, you know, shuttle trucks. But if with the squeeze, a lot of times, if we just got somebody driving the field, he'll come and get the truck, bring it home, unload it, and get it back before I get one loaded. So you've got it down where you can handle that with basically the least amount of people. Yeah, possible. we can. On a good, a good average day of wheat straw, we're putting up about four thousand, forty five hundred bales a day. One baler, one loader. Pretty good. Sounds like you got it, got it ironed out pretty good. Yeah, and, and that's the worst thing. The rye straw is kind of all of ours, so if it takes us an extra month for weather, we break down. It, it's bad, but it's not the end of it but the wheat straw we bail behind people and you know i i hate to get too far behind them like if they come in the field to plant i feel like i'm holding them up <laughs> yeah so i just i don't i don't like breakdowns in wheat straw i don't like holdups uh, we like to get in and get out so they're not waiting on us so how, how many years have you been kind of working the straw like that i mean like how long did it take you to get it really uh, ironed out to be this efficient with it we've been doing the wheat straw about seven years probably, mm -hmm. and the rye straw probably six years. We started the rye straw because we couldn't get enough wheat straw baled. But when we started the wheat straw, we was baling with a 315 New Holland, and 2,000 bales in a day was a, a hard day. Yeah, that, that was about all we could do, and we were we would start unloading from the night before at seven o'clock in the morning, and we would usually quit that night at like two or three o'clock the next morning you know to get two thousand bales in the barn and I'm like we got to do something <laughs> yeah and i was i was watching youtube one day and out west they use them squeezes oh that's that's cool it's not fair i need one of them <laughs> i looked at the price tag i'm like oh that's why they're so yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're expensive and i'm like i bet i could build one so that's how we ended up with a squeeze Good deal. so in that so in that you know five or six year time you basically doubled doubled your production or probably a little more than double yeah the the well actually the very first year i bailed 1200 bales it took me all week and i thought i had bailed the world <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like if we don't bail 1200 bales before we take a lunch break it's like some somebody's slacking something right <laughs> well that's that's good i mean that just shows uh that your ingenuity and then i mean and most farmers are, are going to be the same way but just finding those ways to improve efficiency yeah. production and you know not be wasting your time and, and getting stuff done so that's that's pretty neat so yeah i appreciate you joining us for a few minutes here i know we've held you up enough today and i think it's about lunchtime about yeah. lunchtime and <laughs> I, probably I wonder if you could pick up our bellies growling in this <laughs> microphone it is lunchtime i don't know who sets the schedule but we need to start yeah, working on there. <laughs> it's these hardin county agents they don't like to start too early yeah. but i think he got here before i did so i can't say too much <laughs> all, all right. right well thanks again justin for hosting us this year and uh look forward to working with you again yeah thank y'all all right, I, I kind of like doing those in the field interviews. I think you could even tell that you've got, you had a little background music, or back, not background music, background <laughs> noise. I was going to say, do you have a band playing behind you or what? <laughs> Maybe we should have. Maybe we should have some background music. But uh, just the, the trucks driving by and the, the uh, crickets chirping and the birds flying around. and I didn't hear any crickets chirping. You didn't hear the crickets? No. I bet you could hear it when you listen to this later. Okay. I could hear them. Maybe I just have superior hearing. 
but uh, but no, it was a, a a good interview, and I always like to hear how uh, farmers innovate and improve their efficiencies, and and how you know how how or, or even anybody other than farmers, even just business in general, when they figure out ways to make things easier and run more efficient, I always like hearing those stories. Well, and it was nice to be doing. You know, this two weeks in a row, we've done some in person, uh, live in the field interviews, and it. It, it's kind of nice to actually be interviewing somebody in person and not be over a computer screen or on the phone or something. Yeah. A little it, more interaction, a little more personal. Yeah, it makes it better because even sometimes when we're interviewing people, we can't, they don't, their cameras don't work and we don't even see them and you right. just can't, it just make. I think it makes for, for better, for a better interview. So, uh, popped up on the drought monitor here this, was it last Thursday? Yeah. Looked like um, most of LaRue County and kind of the southern end of Hardin County. Yeah, was uh, a lot of grazing. Wasn't drought yet, just abnormally dry, right? Right. So it's definitely dry, and it's easy to see. And that's, uh, uh, you know, the thing I hate about it, we got dry, didn't have any grass. Then we got wet, and I was just covered up in grass. And uh, now I'm already starting to feed some of the grass that I thought I was going to stockpile. <laughs> and it's uh, looking like hay feeding may come early unless this rain That's, turns back on here soon. I was talking with one of my cattle farmers yesterday, and uh, we were both kind of saying that we thought we could do one more rotation kind of through the pastures and clean everything off, and it was going to be hay feeding time again. Yep. I still got a feel that I'm going to try to hold back for later, and, and I might I might feed hay a little earlier just to save it for a little while and just to see if what happens. But I I, I threw Bell out yesterday to the sheep, and they were eating on it. So I think uh -oh. they're <laughs> they they don't normally eat on it unless there's there's uh, nothing left. So it must be getting kind of slim pickings. A little hungry. Pasture. Yeah. Um, speaking of grazing, um, probably give a quick plug for. Uh, Grazing Conference, it's going to be in Grayson County uh, on October, I think, 26th or so. Um, check with your local extension office if you're interested in that. But I'm sure, I know they're going to talk about some hay topics and uh, uh, utilizing pasture efficiently. Probably be very timely there in the end of October. A lot of good, a lot of kind of interesting guest speakers that they've got coming in. I think Jim Garish, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Ray Archuleta. 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 Yeah. Um, should be should be an interesting deal, and I think there's some cost with that too. So, if uh, that's your thing and you're interested in those those topics, uh, get registered for that, and uh, I think they'll have lunch that day too. Should be a should be an interesting day. Uh, back on the dry weather topic a little bit, uh, I know some of us were talking after we finished the plot up this morning that been a little surprising that we hadn't had any field fires, uh, no combine fires, should I even, I almost, I'm scared to even say that. It, if, yeah, uh, maybe edit that out. Yeah, no, I'll leave it in uh, for you. Yeah. So the... Definitely. I would knock on wood, but we're sitting in Daniel's <laughs> truck no, and there's no wood. No, yeah, we, don't, we didn't get the wood grain <laughs> finished like Hardin County did in their vehicles. <laughs> but the uh, uh, definitely be watching for that because it is, it is, you know, it's dry, but things still kind of look a little gray. I mean, the, the trees are starting to turn. If they're either turning color or they're just turning brown, but 
it's it's drier than you think, really. Um, you know, I couldn't imagine what it'd be like if we were having 90s and 100 degree temperatures yeah. with it dry as it is now. Things would be burnt up to a crisp. Well, and, and like we mentioned this morning, it uh, we've had these cool nights and big dews in the mornings, so I think that's part of what's saving us, putting a little more moisture in. But oh, I've heard of some of the soybeans that are being ran, I've heard they're down below 10%. Yep. Some of these early beans that were ready. And, you know, anytime we get below that 13.5 mark, we're basically just giving away bushels. So that not really a good thing. We need to keep some moisture in the atmosphere to uh, keep those beans hydrated. And I believe, you know, we're recording this on a on a Wednesday um, or a Tuesday. I don't even remember what day of the week it is anymore, uh, this fall break stuff. But the, uh, uh, you know, later this week, I think maybe Wednesday, Thursday of this week, is talking about winds. Uh, I know many people probably will listen to this after that, but uh, that always kind of worries me when you have the, the high winds and the really dry weather and uh, it could just – it's just a recipe for bad stuff to happen. So everybody just kind of have a fire plan in mind, uh, whether that be access to a water truck or having some uh, disc hooked up somewhere. Just try to kind of have something in your mind in case something were to happen because it definitely could here in this next week or two with, with no rain in the forecast. That's if you have uh, fire extinguishers on your equipment, which I know a lot of people do that, especially on a combine. Make sure they're charged up. Make sure they work. Yep. Could save a machine yep speaking of saving machine uh oh you seen this tesla robot i have not <laughs> do you even watch is this a or how, do you keep up with anything current events not, not you, really i mean no. we were talking about what all we're going to talk about today and you just hadn't heard of any of it so i uh, guess i'm going to have to be like the news channel here but you know what you know what tesla is yeah right? the cars yeah so they've got they've made a robot and uh and it's like you can buy one for twenty thousand dollars buy this robot and it, thing What's it walks do? around well they showed it at this deal this like press conference thing they had and all i could tell it did is it walked around and stuck its hands up in the air waved and kind of walked around like a person and uh it has a huh. it has I like a computer screen think face. of a lot of stuff that i could spend below twenty thousand dollars on that'd be a lot more fun than that i don't know maybe but they uh um uh, it's a i don't know it was a big thing and i just i'm worried that Maybe it's a sign that the end of the world is kind of coming here soon. The robots are probably getting one step closer now to taking over. So, rise anyway, of the Is that Rise of the Machine? Isn't it like Terminator or something? Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. So, anyway, I don't think we're going to see any of those robots on the farm. Uh, I, you never <laughs> know. They might. Unless, unless they can, you know, unless those are the kind of robots that can, like, uh, ride a tobacco set. Or do you yeah. think they can do that? They could stick their arm out, grab the plant, and put it in there. Can they blow off a combine? Maybe they might could clean a grain bin. I don't know. You know, they probably they might get some dust in their gears, but other than hmm. that, you know, they don't have lungs, so they might be able True. to handle that pretty good. Maybe they could pull weeds. Maybe they can go out there and just pull weeds out. I don't know. But anyway, I thought that was kind of a, a neat thing that was going on this week that uh, probably doesn't affect our lives any. But anyway, figured, <laughs> figured it was at least worth talking about since you mentioned machines. I don't know. Does that mean that uh, since they're diversifying into something else, does that mean the the future of electric cars may not be as bright as we once thought? I don't know. I did read a post this week where some people had, and of course you never know what to believe with what people write, but 
it was not a very good review of uh, somebody's experience with owning electric vehicles and just the issues they had. And I didn't know this, but with those vehicles, it's like their tires are not very good, evidently. And I saw very that. Prone to getting flat, to becoming flat, or to getting punctured or messing up. And the manufacturer, you can't go, you yeah. can't go to the tire shop. Like yeah. you got to go to to the company that owns it. And but the other the other thing about that is they had had some warranty work done, I think, and. And you just went on your phone on an app and scheduled and within like two hours somebody came and came to your house and fixed your car. Yeah, so just uh also about the charges not lasting as long and as as long as advertised. So there's issues there that I'm I'm sure they're working out. It just what I read of that didn't seem like this is very favorable for people that live in rural environments. Right. Uh I guess was the big thing. So I don't See it taking over around here anytime soon, but Issue. you do see more and more of these vehicles right. all the time. That's I saw some issues with uh, maps showing where charging stations were, and you get there and it's not actually there. Right, and, something else. Yeah, yeah. And that then, would be kind of scary. I got to complain a little bit of uh, something that's been happening on my farm lately. You know, I've got this uh, livestock guardian dog for the sheep, right? Yeah. You remember his name? Bruno. Bruno. And we're going to talk about Bruno. Okay. So, uh, Bruno. Hey, I just we just had uh, Enchanto Isabella Flower Girl party for my four-year-old <laughs> set, s- Sunday. So, I know all about Bruno. Yeah, okay. Well, my, my daughter was in a princess party last week. And then she lost her two front teeth. Oh. So, uh, she's a toothless princess right now. And I think we broke the tooth fairy. It's a lot of money that mm. the tooth fairy went through there. Oh, what's a good tooth bring nowadays? You know, it was her front teeth, and you know, you only get two front teeth, yeah. right? So that, I think they, I think she cleared like five dollars a tooth. Golly, I, I think know, I like, used to get a quarter. I don't even know. I bet I, I might have got a dollar. Hmm. I had some big teeth though. Yeah, they they were they they brought by the pound. I think okay, I, got, I think I got at least a dollar each. Um, and actually, mine didn't just fall on their own. I was a bad kid, and uh, <laughs> funny story. We're squirreling here. Um, <laughs> So when I was, uh, I guess like six, maybe seven years old, I was playing on some tires at a tire shop in Springfield and like the tires were stacked up like there were three and then one kind of standing up on the top. And I had my hand on this tire, this tire stack and the other hand on this tire stack. And I was swinging, I was swinging back and forth. And I remember my dad saying, Daniel, can you stop that? And I didn't stop that. Hmm. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I land face first on the concrete floor and bust my two front teeth oh. all the way back um, to where they were almost touching my the roof of my mouth. Ooh. And uh, I had to go to the dentist, and I they had to pull the they had straightened one of them and they pulled the other one. And so, did you just started, walk around without a tooth for, till the? Yeah, I mean, it, of course, you know, it wasn't that long until they would start coming in, but. Um, because I hadn't lost any of my teeth yet, but those that was my that was my intro to huh. uh, the 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 tooth fairy, and I don't I don't know that the tooth fairy was real happy to uh, give me money for those teeth. Yeah, you probably got a discount on that. <laughs> I think one. it's I think that's why maybe uh, I only I only got a dollar and not five. Mm. Oh man, that hurts my that hurts my teeth thinking about. It. I still remember Mine how it felt, and I, I don't like I still don't like going to the dentist that much. Huh. And I think that's probably where it all started. All right, well, back to Bruno. Oh yeah, so Bruno uh, has been running with the uh, running with the sheep, doing really good. Every now and then, we got to get on him because he'll try to chase the 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 sheep occasionally or 
get a little bit rough with him, but uh, has been a really good dog. Like he just took to it very naturally. Um, one of the things I think we did to help a lot was we feed him every day. So like because he like as long as he's with the the sheep, just to kind of keep him like a reward. We just feed him every day instead what? of dumping. Well, some people dump okay. a week's worth of food. I was about to say what. How is that a reward to get fed? Yeah, there's a reward to get to live. <laughs> but, um, but no, we, we have a feeder that I can technically dump 25 pounds of dog food in, and, and he's lasting for several days, but uh, or a week. But uh, feeding him by the day, that way he understands that it's a reward for him to stay with the animals and, and for good behavior. And we give him treats and, and some raw meat every occasionally, too, to, to supplement it. But anyway... Um, he, Just make sure he keeps the taste of blood. So. Yes, uh, that well, and, and this is another thing: the dog food is lamb. <laughs> so like, I was originally, I was like, I don't know, is this a good idea that we feed them oh. lamb dog food if he's protecting the sheep? But I don't know; he hasn't gotten a taste for it yet. And I even had when we cooked some lamb the other day, I had some trimmings that I took off, and generally the trimmings I'll take out there and throw to him. And, I was like, I don't think I'm going to take him the raw lamb trimmings. I just don't want to. I end up getting something started there. But anyway, so he's uh, he. We had him in the field right now by the barn because, like I said, I've been throwing a little bit of hay out, so it's going to be my kind of sacrifice field for a little while. And uh, he got into the. He's been getting into the barn and finding some tools that are laying around and chewing them up and uh -oh. throwing them around. So I didn't realize this for a couple days. Um, yes, or yesterday evening we were riding around and taking care of some stuff and checking on stuff i found one of my really good like sledgehammers like little short small sledgehammer handheld sledgehammer deal and uh you know two three pound sledge mm -hmm. and uh he had chewed that thing up i mean he went to town on that that's was, kind of impressive though well it's the fiberglass handle oh so uh boy wouldn't that hurt i would think so because even just grabbing it i was like man Ugh. that had to that, that didn't have to feel straight in the gums but he chewed it up and uh and i hope he like so he when he chews stuff up he's gotten huge he probably weighs 60 70 pounds already and he's not even a year old yet and uh but i imagine he he, he likes to take the stuff and like throw it up in the air and play with it and i hope he threw that sledge up in the air <laughs> and it hit him on the face because that was my favorite little just random every night i mean you just need a good little yeah. three pound sledge for a lot of different things and and, well, uh, something needs something a little heavier than a claw hammer. Well, and just just want to knock the crap out of something sometimes. <laughs> it's just good to have. And I use a lot when I'm fencing to knock my uh, brace yeah. post stuff in. And I so I had so I had it in the barn, and he chewed it up. There was another hammer I had out there. He chewed up and grabbed trash. But the thing that made me the maddest is uh, I had a bag of uh, clips for the for T posts. Mm -hmm. And he got a hold of that and started throwing it and flinging it around. So now I've got twenty five little. T-post clips that are just randomly spread out across the farm. So That's kind of impressive he was able to get those apart. Because usually when true. I'm fencing, I go to try and get one out, <laughs> they, they all come, come out. out in a wash. That's a good point. You know, maybe I'll have to ha train him to, like, get those out for me. <laughs> like, just throw it to him and he can get them separated. Because, yeah, they never do want to come out one at a time. They always come out in pairs or, or in a big wad. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Uh, we. Uh, taking off work tomorrow actually and uh the wife's gonna help me work on some stuff around the barn oh so how's that gonna we go? make it through this <laughs> fall break in 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 one piece 
but um, I'll report back on that next week. But okay. we're gonna we're gonna properly install some dog proof gates oh. around the barn so we can keep him out. And how do you dog proof a gate? Well, they're basically sheep proof gates. They just got I've uh, got panels on them, just stuff to keep the dog out. He don't dig too much yet. He hadn't figured out he can dig. Hopefully, he doesn't start digging. Halloween's gonna be here before too long. Yeah. And I've noticed this new craze that's swept across most of the, I guess I could say it's most of the uh, females that are probably in our age range. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what the big deal is, but everybody's watching Hocus Pocus too. So my, we were sitting on the couch the other night and my wife's scrolling through, I guess, Facebook on her phone and said, I didn't even tell you this, but I got invited to a Hocus Pocus party with a bunch of girls from work. I, she's like, I said, well, why didn't you go? And she said, well, you were, I think it was a night she had to work or something. And and uh, then she's usually needed at home after that. Uh, but anyway, she, uh, I was like, you don't, have you ever even watched Hocus Pocus? Like, you've never talked about this. So, but apparently they had started to sweep her up in the crate. Have you ever watched Hocus no. Pocus? You've never watched Hocus no. Pocus? Have well, you? I have seen it, yes. It's a chick flick. No, it's not. It's a kid's movie. Really? But it's got, I mean, yeah, it's their witches are women. I mean, right? I yeah. mean, isn't that kind of, I don't know. What is, is there a thing as a man witch? Warlock. Man witch oh, is a sandwich. No. <laughs> a man witch. <laughs> that is pretty funny. <laughs> isn't a warlock a man witch? It might be. I don't know. I, I'd pull I'm not back into that from kind the of file stuff. way back. A warlock. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I'm going to Google it right now. Because, I mean, a man witch would be like Sloppy Joe, right? Isn't that Sloppy Joe yeah, in the can? Yeah. Huh. Anyway, that evidently that's taken the, the world by storm. And uh, I, I will, let's see, I was on the couch and my wife, that day it came out or whatever, she turned it on to watch it. And I sat there for like. So was it not even in theaters? No, that's the thing now. This stuff oh, don't really... So are we just doing away with movie theaters now, too? I mean, it seems like it. There's okay. still stuff that comes out. Like, you know, like Top Gun, that yeah. was in the theaters. But yeah. I think if it's a... It's just a lot of that stuff. I think they just take it straight to streaming. Hot off the press, according to Webster's, a warlock is a man who practices witchcraft or a sorcerer. Whoa. So I was right. Add that to the list of useless information in yeah. my head. Warlock. That word just hadn't even crossed my mind. Like, I didn't ah. even, I kind of forgot that was even a thing. Mm-hmm. Now, now I know. Oh, you, you must be into that Harry Potter stuff. That's right. That's right. Fly around on broomsticks and everything. Well, anyway, I, I, I was on the count. I was sitting in the room when Hocus Pocus 2 was playing, and I made it about 10 minutes, and then I went to bed. I was like, right. watching this. I got better stuff to do, like sleep. Gotcha. And I don't even think my wife finished it. I think she turned it off before. I think she fell asleep during the middle of it, and she ended up going to bed not long after that, too. So Sounds like it was a I riveting experience. Carpenter, yeah, I mean, we, we know our movies and TV shows pretty good, and if neither one of us can make it through very that much of it, then it probably ain't no count. So hmm. you heard it here first on Dirt to Dollars. Uh, movie movie review, time. review time. Yes. Um, From two guys that combined didn't see five minutes worth of the movie. Right. Well, if we want to circle back to the weather a little bit, been a little cold, 
Well, that a little that, frost. I think, you know, the rest of this week it's supposed to hit 80 and then drop to 32, mm -hmm. I think, maybe. They're talking about maybe a freeze this weekend. Yeah. If you're listening to this on a Saturday morning, you, you may be might, frozen. You might be a little icy. A little icy. So, uh, I think we talked last week about there was a, some scattered frost. Uh, and, you know, after a frost, it always takes a few days to start to see the effects of it. I've noticed a lot of the crabgrass has kind of really? went dormant. Yeah, yep. Uh, Johnson grass, I think we talked last week about maybe it didn't kill some Johnson grass, but by the weekend, you could really see in the low areas Johnson grass starting to to kind of get that whitish-brown look. Mm -hmm. Like you could tell it had been burnt. I've seen several double-crop soybean fields that, Got burnt, especially in the in the basins and the lower right. places. So may have done a little more damage than we were initially thinking. Yeah, I think so. And then obviously, if we hit this uh, hit a freeze this weekend, it'll really knock stuff out. So, um, I, you know, it's inevitably we get questions about Johnson grass when all this stuff is going on and. One of the questions I got a lot from the frost was, is it, is it okay to cut this for hay? And uh, yes, you know, yep. there's, there, everything will cure out when that happens. Uh, but the concern is things that are, that are you know, that you're grazing or that animals have access to. And, uh, you know, it sounds like we get this freeze, you know, seven, ten days after that. You should be in pretty good shape. Um, there's probably going to be some that's already been zapped pretty good anyway, but I think for a good killing frost slash freeze it sounds like this weekend that will happen so uh keep that in mind if you got animals you know probably don't want to put anything out in a field with uh a lot of johnson grass in it here in this next week and next two weeks really uh speaking of freezing have you turned your heat on yet <laughs> no no way i think it feels great right now it's too. been like 65 in our house uh -huh. and that's been perfect there doesn't kick on and run during the, the middle only of the day. thing about it though is it's weird it can be 65 this time of year and it still feels kind of hot in the house and i guess it's because yeah. of humidity like because your air conditioner takes the humidity out of the air right like that's, that's what how an air conditioner cool. typically, yeah. typically works so yeah. even though the temperature's down the humidity's still kind of high and i know that's uh it makes it kind of feel like it's not as cool but Still, 65 is, is ideal. And our house probably won't be over 65 until it warms <laughs> up again because that's about where we set the thermostat. Now, we do have a fire uh, wood stove that keeps things pretty toasty, you know, so it'll it'll warm up sometimes more than that, but we don't set it for, for more than 65 through most of the winter. Unless we're having some company over, then sometimes we might turn it up. So and you splurge, just, you know, and, and we want to show off for the we want to show off for any guests that we have that yeah. we can that we can you know heat our house to seventy if we have to. You know. So yeah, I'll be I'll be team no heat for a while. I'll see how long same. we can go. Same. But I do cheat a little bit because I we, we will fire a wood stove up occasionally without flipping the heat over. So you, one other thing that we had here to talk about, you don't know anything about, and, and that's DART, right? You don't know what um what what happened in like the last what you, couple weeks. What you throw dart. at a dart board, like well, lawn the darts? theory is still the same. Have you ever seen the movie Armageddon? 
Yeah. Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah ben yeah. Affleck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, man, who else did it have in it? Did it have Billy Bob Thornton in it, maybe? Uh, Is that the one that had the Aerosmith song on it? Don't want to close my yeah. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. They leave the guy on the... Somebody ends up staying on the asteroid. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Like, people haven't seen that <laughs> movie. It's 30 years old. So, DART is this NASA program where they sent a... Basically, they sent a rocket to hit an asteroid and knock it off course. That sounds dangerous. Well, so, like, they threw a DART out into yeah. space, right? And I don't, rem- I don't know the details, like, how long it took or... It had to go millions of miles, um, but basically they're just practicing to say what happened. Like, if we do that, like, let's just say if we know one's coming for us, coming for Earth, if we do this, can we affect its, you know, uh, where it's going and change its course? Well, so that way Bruce Willis doesn't have to stay we, on right, the, like we don't on the asteroid to send the bomb. Bruce to space to like fight this and. You know, we don't have to risk Ben Affleck's life. They can they can just make movies, and they don't have to do this in real life. Yeah. And we don't have to listen to the Aerosmith song. So, uh, but they what they did is they shot this rocket or satellite or whatever it is, and they shot it, and it's the one time where uh, NASA people were cheering when something wrecked. Because <laughs> they, they, the video shows, a, uh, like, they actually have video of it hitting the thing, and somehow they, that's crazy to me that they can send that, uh, data millions of miles uh-huh. back to Earth, and there are some places in Hardin in Larue County where we can't get phone service. Right. But uh, they, uh, yeah, they, they showed the video of them doing it. Like so, everybody's cheering because the satellite or rocket or whatever wrecked into a asteroid, and uh, but that's what they wanted it to do. And I do think it altered the 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 course of the of the asteroid. So it's pretty neat to see that they actually made that work. And that's, I mean, I think it's just it's amazing that you can the math and everything that it took to make it work because it was a direct hit like they hit the thing right in the middle just exactly how they wanted to from who knows how many days or years ago they had to shoot that thing off and plan all that to make it work so that's pretty crazy and then they're talking like soon we'll be putting a guy on the moon back again here soon so maybe they can Hmm. uh, get all that together because I think they finally shot whatever that rocket was that was making the news and I can't remember a time in the last 20 years where we hear talk about, you know, space stuff. I thought we, like, discontinued the space program. Well, I don't know. I think there may have been. I know there was a lot of private interest because that same guy we were talking about earlier, uh-huh. Tesla, they own SpaceX, and they're shooting rockets and stuff all the time. And I wonder if we've got some upgrades to this rocket technology that makes it to where they're able to so is be this, safer getting, getting people. Is this NASA like or is this Space Force? NASA, it's NASA. Now, okay. I did see Space Force got a logo. I saw that, too. Um, I, also, um, no need to, for the Space Force at this, but uh, uh, they are a force to be reckoned with, and that's the LaRue County Cattlemen's Association. Huh? You know, uh, they seems like they Because they meet week. every week, right? Uh, but now they are meeting again this month, uh, October, and I think that day lands. It's the second Tuesday of each month, and so it's uh, October the 11th. And Dr. Jeff Lemcooler is coming to present about uh, stretching hay supplies and some strategies to, to stretch hay supplies. So, uh, Larry County Extension Office, Tuesday, October 11th at 7 o'clock. That program will count for CAPE credit. So, try to attend that if you can, if you need the CAPE credit. If you can't make it, we'll, we'll have another program. We'll have several more programs, I'm sure, that will count 
but this would be one that uh, I think the letters went out for people that got approved and not approved here recently. So if that's you and you got approved, you might want to try to get that done. So that's an opportunity for you to do that. Uh, they will have a meal at the meeting and uh, do ask if you would bring a dessert to share. No, uh, but uh, there should be enough burgers to go around for everybody. So, and I don't know, maybe they'll have steak. I think it's burgers. But cattlemen, if you're listening, you know I'm I'm gonna I, I'd like to have a steak, but I'll, I'll still burgers burgers are okay. Can't complain about free I won't, food. I mean, I won't complain about free food. I won't. I'll eat it. Uh, and speaking of beef, I think we've got beef bash coming up fairly soon. Yes, they announced the dates. I think they just announced that a week or two ago. Um, actually, it may have been last week, right after we recorded our show, uh, that they sent that out. Do you have those dates in front of you? I'm working on it. I believe it's in, they're going to do it in Princeton, if I read correctly. That's what I'm seeing. October 20th. So that's just coming up in a couple weeks, really. Mm-hmm. And it may have been, you know, they may have had that date around, and I just don't remember seeing it. But um, I don't, I wouldn't imagine they planned it too far in advance because of just uh, not knowing for sure what they'd be able to do in Princeton or not. Right. But it sounds like they're going to be able to make that work. So if that's something that you're interested in attending, uh, contact your local extension office. I'm sure we'll probably have information on it on all of our uh, social media pages. But uh, if you want to learn more, let us know. We'll fill you in on it. I'm sure they'll have a full day of uh, beneficial programs. It's always, to me, I always like attending those because you can learn a little bit about everything. It seems like they cover all kinds of topics. Uh, just a good full day of, of information. And some things maybe that there seems like to me too, there's been a lot of stuff that I hadn't really seen before. You know, just from real kind of experimental stuff or things that uh, people are trying. And I think that's always interesting too. Well, uh, getting about the end here, and we probably uh, need to get us a song picked out. And uh, yeah, really... some, some sad news in the way of Kentucky country music stars. Yep. A few hours before we recorded this, we saw that Loretta Lynn had passed away. So um, we'll pay a little tribute to her and play some Loretta Lynn. What's your favorite Loretta Lynn song? Well, I mean, like Coal Miner's Daughter. I think that's what you got to go with. Isn't that it? I mean, I know she has others. But that's probably the, the the best one and the main one to go with. And it's the first, I mean, it's just the first one to come to my head, too. Yep. But anyway. All right. Well, anything else? I think we're good. All right. Well, we've, uh, we've had enough people look at us awkwardly, <laughs> two dudes sitting, I mean, in, two a, dudes in, a, sitting together, in a truck in a, having in lively a, conversation. In a truck stop parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the only thing would be better is if we had our headphones on. Yes, that's what we should next time. Next time we'll do that just for show. All right. Well, thank y'all for listening this week, and uh, be safe out there. We'll see you next week.